Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Are you in fashion? fashion? Did you see what she's wearing for Tom's shoes? I'm Sonia Sly. My heels are killing me. Um, but I was told I have a backstage pass. You will need to get the right pass to get behind me. Pam. Look, I'm I need sorry. to go. Code red, code red, code. We have a situation. I'm taking you inside the fashion industry to discuss trends, the reality behind the glamour, and the highs and lows of a fast-paced industry that never stops. What's your first memory of either, you know, owning something that was made of fur that you love? I mean, you know, like grandmother's oh. old coats and that kind of thing? You sort of think about those hideous fox fur um, with the heads and the yeah. paws still attached and marble eyes. They're pretty gross. This is Jane Avery, and she has an unashamed love of fur. I actually bought a fur coat from Salvation Army here in Dunedin. It's chinchilla rabbit, and it's vintage. It was $30, and I had a pretty stained lining, and I just ripped the lining out and replaced it. It's the most warm, incredible coat. I feel like Macklemore and Ryan wearing it, you know, that wrapper. <laughs> and I don't have a problem with vintage fur either, because it comes from an era where people felt and thought differently. And what are you going to do, chuck that in the rubbish, because we don't do that these days? Or are you just going to get on and accept your heritage and your history? and wear it responsibly. And When I think back to my grandmother's old fur coats, I have to agree with Jane. I mean, they're made from the skins of animals that have long passed, so it's about appreciating the integrity of the garment and, yes, the animal that died. Jane was well aware of the controversy surrounding fur when she launched her label La Pan two years ago. And the name? It's French for rabbit. Right, OK. <laughs> Which I guess just seems sort of obvious, doesn't it? OK. Admittedly, fur is tricky, and you may not get far wearing real fur these days without having either eggs hurled at you or at least a few not-so-pleasant sideways sneers. But for centuries, people have been wearing fur for its warmth, durability, as a sign of status or wealth. Some early societies believed that fur pelts contained magic, transferring courage, power, or even fertility onto the wearer. Back to Jane. The idea for La Pan was born when she shifted from Auckland to Otago, leaving behind a career in television journalism. But I don't think this would have happened if I was still in Auckland. No, I mean, for one, that's not really the climate of kind of wear warm things. I just don't think it would have occurred to me. And my parents live up in Bannockburn in central Otago. You go for a wee walk in the nice, you know, evening and it's really still and beautiful and you stand on a bluff and nothing Mm. much is happening and then you might clap your hands and (laughs) the ground kind of moves. It kind of ripples with little bunnies jumping and running all over the place. And for years I've just seen a resource. I discovered that Moonies, New Zealand's preeminent farrier historically, just down the road from my house, they've been very, very kind to me since I got in touch with them about a year and a half, two years ago, and they've, um, I've ostensibly been a farrier's apprentice. I like the whole idea of slow fashion and making something that is 
made to last and to be treasured and to become a family heirloom. And I love fur. But there's no escaping the controversy surrounding fur and fashion, which I need to address with Jane. Now, just last month, guests attending Burberry's London Fashion Week were flanked by animal rights anti-fur protesters. It, I guess it all comes down to your point of view. I mean, I personally have a problem with so-called faux fur, which is made from petrochemicals. I mean, come on, there's enough plastic and fake synthetic stuff in this world... And here's a resource which is jumping around our country, destroying native plants and habitat and good farming country, and it's not being used. When the last rabbit is gone from this land, that's when I'll do something else. You know, I don't have any problem with that, but I don't see that happening anytime in the short to medium or even long-term future. I mean, it's a dreadful pest on the land, and it's very hard to control and get rid of. Rabbits were introduced to New Zealand in the 19th century for both food and sport, but quickly reached plague proportions in some parts of New Zealand. It's hard to imagine, and kind of creepy when you think of them moving up inland plains, infiltrating sheep stations, causing a major decline in productivity. Vegetation in drier parts of the South Island have also never recovered from those grazing rabbit populations that literally took over the entire landscape. The country really suited rabbits breeding. There wasn't a cold enough winter for them to, to, to die down. They have a very long breeding season. Unchecked, they can multiply eight to tenfold in a season. So I don't see anything wrong with using their fur as a resource. But these skins are a byproduct of the meat industry, so pet food and, and um, the restaurant industry. So I'm sourcing them through a tanner in Invercargill. Right, so otherwise they'd basically just go in the bin? Yeah. That's something to feel okay about then, isn't it, really? So I feel morally sound in my <laughs> decision to do this, yeah. I mean, I don't feel entirely comfortable with the thought of little animals being brought up in cages and not being able to act out their natural behaviours over the course of their lives. But let's face it, they're having a wonderful time digging and eating and having sex and multiplying, and then bang, they're dead. And I don't think people have a problem with possum fur being used in New Zealand. It's always surprised me that rabbit hasn't been treated on the same scale, at least in recent years, because there was a rather large rabbit fur and rabbit meat canning export industry in New Zealand up until the 1950s. Why isn't there an industry being promoted and encouraged and an export industry which promotes an alternative to furs that are perhaps being harvested unsustainably in other parts of the world. That's my standpoint on it. I've thought long and hard about it. <laughs> well, you would have had to, really, wouldn't you? Yeah, I'm an animal lover. I adore animals. But I don't ha- I'm not icky about this. It just makes sense to me. I mean, what is the process that the fur has to go through before it can be, you know, incorporated into a garment? You mean right from rabbit to... rabbit to to clothing. (laughs) Well, um, obviously the hunter has has the little rabbit and they have to get them to the abattoir quite quickly and the skin's off. And because rabbit fur is quite a fine skin, it degrades quite quickly. So it has to get to the abattoir and be tanned, you know, within, within days. So by the time I go down and grade the skins and, and choose the ones I want, they're all, you know, fine and ready to go. I mean, what is the difference in texture? If I, I mean, if I feel this, it's quite luxurious and it's so soft. Mm-hmm. You just want to kind of cuddle it, don't yeah. you, really? <laughs> 
when you feel and you're talk, talking about the grading, like what is it that you're actually seeing? Are there kind of knots in some of the fur? Yeah, yeah, some, all these rabbits have been out there living their wild lives. So, you know, some of the skins, they'll have little knots and, and bumps in them. And, I mean, the first time I went down, I really didn't know what I was doing. And so I ended up with quite a few skins that I really couldn't do much with. But now, having worked with Max at Mooney's, I know what to look for. So I go down with my little spray bottle just to smooth down the fur because I just get a big ball sack full of furs all sort of stuffed in there and they're all sort of higgledy-piggledy and the furs sort of going in all directions. But I spray them and ruffle them and I know now that some of the little knots can actually be cut out and repaired okay. and you won't even see it. It's just part of the trade and craftsmanship of being a furrier. It's just a process of finding the skins that are going to match each other and it's a lot different from like if you were a European furrier and you went to the fur auction and you bought, you know, 50 sables or fox furs or whatever and they were all perfect and the same. It's not like that. This is um, a wild product. But I like the honesty and the integrity of that. Actually, this is the first skin that I ever got, and I can't use it in a coat because he's got quite a motley little pattern on his back. And even dyeing it, will you notice it? Oh, if it was black, it would disappear. But I just, I'm quite nostalgic about this little fellow. So, and there's this little mate who's quite fluffy. So this is the neck. The neck area has a little bit of a red tinge to it. So you kind of get a rectangular shape. It's a ruler length, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, sort of like about a foot long out of it so there's there's smaller skins than possum skins because that one's quite thick the actual skin underneath and this one's Mm -hmm. very fine yeah so that would have been from a oh who knows and and that makes it challenging for what you decide to work with yeah i mean this bag for example that's made from really tough skins unzip it and get your hand in there you can feel those ones are really tough which works for a bag yeah i can't make coats out Mm. of those the fur machine just won't go through them jane has always sewn but working with leather has presented a bit of a challenge at the best of times it stretches quite a lot so you can use a walking foot machine which is a specialist machine you can use teflon sewing feet you know no matter what it's tricky and if you stuff it up it's too late because you've made little holes in the leather and that's that. It's gone. It's gone. So just working that through and working the construction through for the front of my bombers, which have leather, like buffer zones between the fur and the zip and leather facings, that was quite a development learning curve for me. Jane loves luxurious textiles. Beautiful brocades and jacquards make up the main components of her coats. She uses a fur as panelled accents across the backs of shoulders and cuffs. Some of the furs are in their natural coloured state, but a black one has caught my eye. Black rabbits are pretty rare out right. in the um, New Zealand <laughs> wild. <laughs> yeah, well, you do so. get them, actually. Yeah, there was this guy, this young guy who came in two days ago, and he was a graphic art student from Polytech, and he's a rabbit shooter, and he said he had a couple of black rabbit skins in his freezer. So they're very rare, but no, I get these dyed. I love this one, the bomber jacket. Oh, with that's a, sort of a woven metallic fabric. My husband picked it up in Paris... My husband's a cameraman and he was filming, so I I always send him to (laughs) my fabric picks. Yeah, he's my fabric buyer. Okay, (laughs) is he enjoying his new job? He loves it. Yeah, he does. And he's really honed his iron over the last few years. It's it's been great. He's got a real sense of my aesthetic and what I I like. So this fabric comes from a, a store called Malia Kent, which is you know, quite a well-known um, fabric producer in Paris for 
for the likes of Chanel and Balmain and Lagerfeld, etc. So, oh, fantastic. Yeah, so it is, yeah, it's quite special fabric. I love classic shapes. I like the So no raw hems going on here? Or... I think it's important that you can't get in through the lining or anything. It's completely beautifully finished and sealed off. Again, going back to the cost, I mean, you know, what do your jackets, your coats retail for? Because they're bespoke, so you can only get them made to order. Yeah, at the moment they're starting at $5,000 a piece. Would you consider that quite extreme for a New Zealand market? No, if you go to Queenstown and go and poke around in the um, stores selling fur coats made from possum and shearling leather, then you'll see they're up around the 8000 9000 mark. Yes, these coats are expensive, and Jane is still finding her market. I see us this venture taking us to ski resorts in Europe and America and Asia, places where people with resources. I'm not sure it's too sustainable here. We're going to have to take this concept offshore. Yeah, I mean, these aren't shrinking violet coats. They're for people who want to stand out and even questioned about why they're wearing fur. And then they have the ability to tell the story that this is actually what you might call an eco-fur. That was Jane Avery from La Palme in Dunedin. You've been listening to My Heels Are Killing Me, presented and produced by me, Sonia Sly, and engineered by William Saunders. This podcast is also available on iTunes and Spotify, and now on Stitcher too. If you enjoyed this podcast, you can also check out a host of other great podcasts on the RNZ series and podcast page. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.